Welcome to Startup Stable Success. My name is John Vanderveer, and I'm here with Aaron Carapella. Hello, everybody. All right, today we are talking about websites. Um, at this point, you have already come up with your business idea. You already know what you're selling and what you're offering, and it's time to pick a domain so people know who you are and what you're selling and what you're offering. Yes, John and I have several websites, and there has been a history of how we've come up with the names and the domain names for each one of them. Um, starting with, let's talk about the Tribal Nations Map website. When I first met you, John, um, I had already had a running website for about a year and a half, maybe. I started using a web hosting company called Squarespace, and so um, I had a very unprofessional sounding web domain it was like squarespace.com slash forwards backwards yeah. <laughs> tribal nations map something or other okay so when i would send people to that website i would say hey can i have your email address and then i'll just email it to you because it was way too long to describe in the beginning of that company i only had one map so it was like squarespace.com slash tribal nations map and then when you helped me design my new website, um, what was that? Maybe six or seven years ago on Weebly. Yeah. Uh, we changed it to, we checked to make sure that Tribal Nations Maps was available. With an S. Yeah, with an S because at this point we had several maps. Now we've got a couple hundred. But at that point we had three or four at least. And I, have, I have to give you grief too because whenever I first met you, um, I looked at your website and it had like a drop down menu thing so mm -hmm. you could pick the map but right. it didn't have like a visual like you you could see like one version but you couldn't see everything else so you kind of didn't know exactly what you were buying but you were still making sales because uh, i was printing them for you um, but i actually took it and told aaron that i wanted to redo his website and he said yeah i can't really afford to do that right now and so i just did it anyway <laughs> yeah and i think that helped launch the company even more, which allowed me to be able to pay you because sales picked up as a result of that. There was more clout to the website because it looked yeah. more professional at that point. But yeah, definitely picking the domain, the correct domain. If I would have picked something like, uh, you know, tribal map underscore something or other, uh, that wouldn't have, have uh, been as searchable. It would be, it would have been harder for people to remember. So when people ask, you know, um, when, when they ask me, what do you do for a living? I make tribal maps. What is your website? I'd like yeah. to check them out. Tribalnationsmaps.com. That's very easy to remember. It's concise. Yep. It's a little long, but it, uh, within three words of the URL domain, it describes exactly what we do. And well, it's, it's the exact product that somebody's looking for. Because if somebody is looking for that map, those are the words that they type in. And with how... You went to buy your domain. It worked out well because that was your business name mm -hmm. as well. Um, it doesn't always work out that way now, though. Yeah, and see, now now I own that domain. So if someone else tried to have a website also called tribalnationsmaps.com, it could not work. Uh, they wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, they might get an offer on uh, GoDaddy saying, you know, this is not for this is not available yeah. or contact the seller to try to buy it I think is an option right yeah you can um, do that you can hire a broker right to go after a website but right and see if, if you if you look up if you google tribal nations maps you'll come to a uh, a website for an agency within the Bureau of Indian Affairs where they have uh, B 
BIA maps that were made by the government, and they that that web that section of their website is called Tribal Nations Maps. So I'm really glad that I really was the one I think that coined the term Tribal Nations Maps, and then also got it locked in as the owner of that term um, because anytime that's probably a pretty highly searched term. Oh, for sure. And um, I know I know when I when when we go on the back end of our website and track the terms that are used that lead people to our website, um, that term and variations of it are one of the bigger ones that lead people to what we sell. And so, um, you know, I think we locked that in probably six or seven years ago and now no one can take it. So, yeah. And there's still different variations that are, that you can, you can take. So like if, if say for example, you have a business, um, and you have your name and you want to go buy the domain, but then somebody else already owns it. Like we just said, you can go through GoDaddy.com and they have a broker service that you can use um, if you want to do that. But the good thing is if you go to GoDaddy.com and you type in the domain that you're looking for and it's not available, underneath it, it gives you options of like different variations of that domain. So like if you like say you were an organization, you could do like a dot org or something like that. Or like if you were a church, you'd be dot church or they have different things like that that you can uh, use as well. But of course the dot com is what we all want. That's the, I mean for, it's just the easiest to find stuff like that. From so, a, from a marketing perspective, uh, definitely you want to have dot com at the end of your website, unless you're like a nonprofit or like you said, maybe yeah. a church. I feel like um, when you give out a website and it's got a different ending that's not .com, a lot of times that's easy to forget. Yeah. Um, there's also, I think, .net, right? Oh, yeah. There's so uh, many different so ones many. now because there's, I mean, you can do like .store, .book. Like there's all sorts of different ones. Um, but but when you go to do this, when you go to purchase your domain, you're paying, like most of the time with GoDaddy, they give you an offer for two years. So they'll say it's eleven ninety nine or whatever the price is per year. But if you buy two years, they give you the second year for a dollar 99. They always have sales like that going on. Um, there's a bunch of different services that you can use to buy domains, but I prefer GoDaddy cause their support is a lot better than other ones I've dealt with in the past. Uh, especially cause after you build a site, you have to connect the website to the domain. So that's the DNS that connects them. You have to have both those connecting together and having a website like GoDaddy where you can go in and make those changes yourself. You don't have to have a lot of that knowledge to be able to do it. And their support is really good. So yeah, they're not I, paying us to say that, but that's that's personally who we use and prefer. Yeah, for just a couple bucks more, um, it's so inexpensive to begin with to go to GoDaddy for your domain name that I imagine it's not really worth it to save a couple bucks and add a whole lot of frustration to your life if something goes wrong with connecting your website yeah. down the road. Well, and um, GoDaddy is one of those things too. I mean, with any company, when you buy the domain, it's not crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, I think the most expensive domain that we own with all of our business is like $25 a year because one of them is a premium domain. So it costs a little more. Right. Um, but I don't think you're spending, I think it's like 13 or $14 for the tribal nations, uh, domain. And that's yearly. It's not a monthly thing or anything like that. Yeah. That's, that's not bad. So before you go to GoDaddy or whatever service you may use to um, register your domain, you want to make sure that you choose uh, terms or a, a URL that is going to make sense for your customers. I think I just kind of briefly touched on that, but um, tribalnationsmaps.com is easy to remember. It also describes what we do. Yep. Um, there are, I'm sure everyone listening has heard 
one of those kind of obscure random website uh, names and you think like, why does this company have this weird website? Yeah. Right. Why is that name so awkward? It doesn't really explain what they do. Sometimes people will think, uh, okay, well, I don't, I can't get the exact .com domain that I want. So I'm going to go with the next suggestion, which might be again, like a .org or .net, or it might say like, you know, I could have chosen tribal hyphen nations hyphen maps.com, but who's going to remember that if I actually go and tell someone, uh, a potential customer yeah. or someone interested, uh, that that's the name and it would make more sense honestly in that situation to just choose a different variation of your name but to have it be a solid solid words together yeah versus like dots and periods and well a lot of it too a lot of it too depends on what your business is because if you're just like a small little shop in your hometown and you don't really want to sell stuff on your website. You just want it to where if people come across it. They just Some know presence. where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, then it doesn't matter as much, but it's also too, at the same time, if you ever want to expand to be selling stuff online, you want something that's memorable. And the other thing that um, you want something that's easy to spell. Like Aaron and I started a uh, business together. That was a genealogy uh, business. And we talked about different names and genealogy was one of those words. And then we realized like not everybody can be able to spell that very easily. Uh, so thinking about that kind of stuff. So if you, if you have a, a, a word in your name, that's a little weird or long or hard to spell or like your last name or something like, cause my last name is Vanderveer. Everybody always misspells that. So I don't really want to have a business with my name in it. Cause it's gonna be way harder for people to find cause everybody's going to misspell it. Well, and my last name is Carapella. So yeah. people are going to spell it with a K or leave uh, several of the uh, syllables off. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, I still spell it with a K. Oh, awesome. No. <laughs> yeah. It's with the C, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I think, I think it's important to talk about John. Maybe you can elaborate on this a little bit. Once you go to GoDaddy, for example, you've got an idea. Let's say it's, uh, farmsunited.com or something like that. You come, you've come up with your idea. You go to GoDaddy, you type it in, it gives you the option to register it and checks that no one else has it. Correct. And then what's kind of the, the process to check out? Is it pretty easy or what do you do? Well, yeah, whenever you first get to the website on the homepage, it gives you an area where you can just type in what domain you want. And after you type that in, it'll take you to the next page and it'll show you if that's available or not. And it'll also show you different options. Then you click and just add it to your cart. It gives you the option to how long you want to buy it for. So if you're starting a business and you just kind of want a test run, which is normally what Aaron and I do, we normally just buy the first year to set it up. And then the next year, depending on how things went, um, or if we decided to go a different route, we'll either expand it later down the road. But at the beginning, it gives you a bunch of different options of different add-ons you can do as well. Like you can add a email address on there if you want. You can also, they also have web hosting available. Uh, I don't recommend going with their web hosting. Um, I've messed with it some in the past and unless things have changed, which is possible, um, it's not my favorite or the easiest to work with, especially with somebody that's never done website stuff before. But yeah, you just go, you pick how long you want it for. They try to add on a bunch of add-ons and stuff like that. Like if you want to have privacy on there so people don't know who the owner is and stuff like that. And then you just check out. Um, and then it takes, it's one of those things that it's set up. If you, if you buy multiple years or even if you buy one year, it automatically has it to where it's going to update itself unless you tell it not to update. So after you get past that year, it would just die if you wanted it to. 
or if you want it to automatically charge you, it can do that as well. Yeah, and uh, I was just thinking, case in point, when you were talking about uh, how you don't recommend their web hosting uh, functionality, uh, you got to go with what uh, people are specialized in. So GoDaddy, their specialty is domain names. Yeah. So that's what you want to go to GoDaddy.com for. Um, it's kind of like going to a seafood restaurant and ordering a hamburger. Yeah. Their hamburger is probably there just so it's an extra option on the menu, but that's probably not going to taste very good because yeah. they're not a hamburger joint. So it's kind of the same thing when we're talking about GoDaddy. It's kind of a weird analogy, but... Well, it's um, also, too, like a great example of this is um, when Aaron first bought TravelNationsMaps.com, he bought that domain before uh, we ever met. And he bought it through a company that now, since then, like he bought it for like a lot of years. When, uh, when, when you bought it, like I don't even know how many years it was, but you got it for a lot of years. Um and since then, that company has changed hands and become different companies. So now, whenever we went to update stuff recently, we had a hard time figuring out who owned the domain. So we had to like backtrack to figure out where it came from. And we were able to do that. But with companies like GoDaddy, GoDaddy doesn't sell uh, the domains to other businesses. There's like different brokers that will do that. And like with GoDaddy, you don't have to worry about that. It's just easy and everything is right there. Yeah, they're, they're an industry leader. And what they do. So, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So we definitely recommend uh, GoDaddy. And then, um, so once, once you pay for the, the domain name that you want, you've checked out on GoDaddy, uh, about what, what is the time delay between that domain name? Um, and you also have to then go to your web hosting company and build your website. But what is the delay in actually having your website live? Uh, a lot of it depends on what company that you decide to go with, um, which we're about to get into that because there's different options that you can do. You can do a custom site where you hire somebody to come in and build something. Mm -hmm. You can do a drag and drop site, which just about anybody can do. All of that really depends on what company that you go with. Uh, but really, before we even get into that, we probably need to talk about more of what type of site that you actually need first. Cause some things take a lot longer. Some things are really fast. I mean, you could do a website today and have it up and live today if you wanted to. Right. So a lot of that depends on what you're selling or uh, what are you trying to advertise on your website, your service or what you, what you're doing. If that really determines the type of site that you need um, for Aaron and I, I've done custom sites through most of my uh, graphic design career for people I don't really do them much anymore because whenever you build a custom website from scratch, you can do anything and everything that you want. So if you're doing a business and you're having an online store, but say in your online store, you have to have some type of builder. So as somebody's ordering stuff, it's building the product in front of them so they can physically see it. You have to do that custom. You can't go any other route. The downside to doing custom stuff is you can spend thousands of dollars. It can be really expensive. Plus, you can't edit it constantly on your own. You have to hire somebody to come in and make these changes. Every time you do anything or add a product or change a service or any of that stuff, you have to bring somebody in. And you have to kind of hope that whoever originally built it custom for you is still going to be available five years down the road, right? Yeah. Because if you bring someone else in, they might be kind of starting from scratch and trying to understand what the original person who built it yeah. uh, had in mind, right? Yeah. And you, and you don't honestly get a whole lot of custom stuff anymore because the drag and drop option through different companies like Squarespace, Weebly, Wix, WordPress, those kind of companies, 
that stuff has become so popular because you can edit so much stuff on it to make it custom for you that we went from custom sites to switching to where we personally use Weebly, which is a drag and drop site. Uh, and the thing that we like about Weebly is it does, there is a monthly uh, charge to have hosting through them, but it's not awful. Like it, it's like, it's very, very manageable for that compared to a custom site. Your monthly charge on that is somebody coming in and doing all this work for you. That's just going to get really expensive really fast. So one thing that's really great about the drag and drop site is not only like, cause I have the experience to build websites from scratch. I've done it like most of my graphic design career, but with a drag and drop site, especially cause we use Weebly. Weebly is the best one that I've worked with. Uh, cause you can also have some custom elements as well in there and change some coding stuff with Weebly. Everything is right there on the left hand side of the screen. It's labeled clear, clearly and you can just drag and drop it. So before when we first started, I did all the website stuff, but it didn't take long at all for Aaron to learn how to do it himself. So Aaron on a regular basis goes on there and makes changes, adds products, does sales, whatever the case is. I don't have to always do it. Aaron's able to do it as well. Yeah. I would say um, what I generally employ John to do is like if we need a new banner on our website, like a new look to the homepage. Yeah. The graphic design portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that he's got to kind of embed in there. It's, it's not stuff like if we have a new product, I know how to, you know, add new maps or books or flags and add the images for them or change wording and pricing and yep. run, run sales, stuff like that. So I can pretty much do, I don't know, 80% of the functions. Yeah. Um, well, and the good thing about that as well is say like you don't want to do a complete custom site because you want to be able to edit the website as well. We You can actually do both. There are ways to get like widgets and stuff on your website to get a special builder. Uh, Aaron and I have talked to uh, a different company about doing this for us in the past for another business that we've got kind of in the works. And we've talked to them and they're able to build it and get it on the website. So then it's kind of the best of both worlds except we won't have them like, cause since they're just creating this little thing that goes on the website, there's no regular monthly fee that would go with that. Cause if you do the custom site, yeah, you can get exactly what you want, but with a drag and drop site, you really can too, to, I mean, to a degree, there's some things that you can't change, but it's very minor stuff. And to answer your earlier question about how long it takes to go live from a website through the hosting company, through the DNS, through GoDaddy, the, it depends, like I said, on who you're going with. When we first started all that, it took days. Now it's crazy. Normally it happens within an hour. So say we've built the website on Weebly. We've got it done. We go to the top right-hand corner where it says publish. We hit that button and it gives you the option to be a weebly.com slash your business name, or you can connect it to a website or domain that you already own. You click that, it gives you instructions that pop up immediately and you copy and paste the number you go to your GoDaddy account, you log into your GoDaddy account. When you go into your, you hit the My Domains button, it gives you an option. It gives you a list of all the domains you own and you'll see a button for DNS. You click that and the instructions will tell you where to copy and paste this little number that goes there. And once you do that, normally within an hour, it's live. So you're, you're synchronizing these yes. two different sites together to make your website go live. Yes. Because... And you can't like there's you can buy domains directly through Weebly. You can do that. I find that GoDaddy's just a lot easier to work with because that's what they specialize in. Mm -hmm. That's their main thing. And like that, it's just easy to work with. So that's quick. The thing that's not quick is once you go live with your website, 
it takes about 30 days or so for Google to really find your website. So if somebody doesn't go in and type in your exact domain, and so like if somebody went in and typed in Tribal Nations Maps and just typed it in Google and went to go, when we first launched the website, it didn't show us. And then after 30 days, it did show us, but we were on page three. Right. You know, and it slowly worked its way up because the more you do on your website, the daily stuff that you do on there, it's going to make it go higher and higher because it shows that it's an active website. But the initial time, I mean, if you want people to find you on a Google search, it's going to be, I mean, plan a month out because it's going to take a while. Sometimes it's quicker than that, but in like everything that we've ever done, it's been at least a month before we see it. And even though we do see it and type in the right words, it's down the list. So yeah. it's got to work its way up. And that's part of the success of being consistent with your business, uh, getting into that stability mm-hmm. uh, arena. Uh, for example, when you, you know, Tribal Nations Maps has been around for about 11 years now and with this better website for six or seven. So when, when people search uh, any variation of terms about Native American maps, history, uh, even terms that have nothing to do with maps, but it's, it's you know, American Indian, Native American um, you can go to Google Images and, you know, half the things that appear there are related or linked somehow to our website. Yeah. So it's just because the website has been live for so long and we have so many products available. Um, I've also been interviewed by lots of different uh, newspapers, radio stations. We've had these in magazines and yep. dif- different uh, forms of media. And so all of those link back to the website and help help drive the algorithm, right? Oh, for so sure. Absolutely. Help, yeah. So our ranking is really high as a result of just being spread out everywhere, yeah. you know, and it's kind of nice because people come across, um, our products and, um, all of the thought and care that we put into making these and, and, you know, making them accurate. Um, more people can find them because we have put in the time to make sure that they're searchable. Yeah. Well, and there's also like, you may be listening to this and, you, you don't need to have the, the website built like this. You don't need to pay for somebody to build it. And maybe you don't even need a drag and drop site. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on what you want to do. If you're the type of person that makes like homemade products and you kind of want to test the waters on this to see if you want to do this and build an actual website, a great way to do that is using companies like Etsy is a great way. Um, they do charge uh, a monthly charge per item, but you're talking about pennies per item. Uh, and they also take a percentage of the sale. So you always have to take that into consideration. But the thing with them is you have a built-in crowd. You can test this out for very little and you can don't have to have the domain in the website because you have a website directly through them that you can do. I've done stuff through that before to kind of test the waters on an idea to see uh, how it would work. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. But after you create that following, a lot of times you can tie that into your own website and keep building from there. There's a lot of websites I've seen where people have their website, their storefront. And when you click on the shop now button, it takes you to the homepage of their Etsy account. Right. And they still do that. Like there's a lot of like people that uh, like grow plants and stuff and sell them online. But if you go to their website, you're going to their actual website, but then it's connected to their Etsy account. So they are having to pay for the drag and drop site as well as the domain and things like that. And if you use like just a straight Etsy website, right, then you can kind of weigh uh, the cost of 
using Weebly, which might be anywhere between $15 a month to 30 to 50, depending on what functions you want to have available yeah. versus Etsy, you can kind of say, okay, well, if I have 50 items and they're charging me 20 cents per month to have those listed on their site, that's 10 bucks. Yeah. So I could have 150 items on Etsy. Even if I didn't sell a single one, I'm paying the same amount that I would be paying to have a running website on Weebly. Yeah. So you just kind of have to weigh that. You also don't have to build your Etsy website in as much detail as Weebly. Yeah. It, it, it's really similar to like a Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have like the wall photo and then you have your profile picture basically. And um, you fill it out. It's really similar to social media. The one caveat to Etsy, because I've sold a little bit on there, similar to eBay, um, but on Etsy, you're supposed to sell homemade products or like unique products like, yeah, made by hand. Um, So you can't go on there and sell like matchbox cars or something like that. Um, You've got to sell products that normally uh, that you've made or, or that are so unique. I think sometimes they make exceptions if it's something that just can't be found anywhere and but uh, if if you don't have a product that is homemade, there's there are t- still probably hundreds of websites that you can sell as an in- independent seller on. They're just not going to have the traffic that Etsy has. So Etsy has uh, millions of customers that shop on there, and there there are certain people that are very dedicated to just shopping on Etsy. For example, they're very loyal customers. Yeah. Um, they want to go, they want to buy from small independent sellers instead of going to Walmart. Yep. So let's say someone is into crafting and they need uh, some fabric, but they don't want to go to Walmart and buy uh, fabric that was made in China. They might want to buy fabric from someone who uh, makes it here in the United States. Yeah. So they might go to Etsy. Um, so that's, that's for specialized products, but I have experience selling on Amazon. Um, I find that to be a great site because you don't, again, have to build a separate website. You do have to learn uh, how to enroll as a seller on Amazon, which is a little bit complicated. There's a certain process to it. You have to get approved. Uh, But it is the largest e-commerce website on the internet. It's got probably, I I would say, a billion or more customers. Um, A lot of those people have things like Amazon Prime, so they're kind of locked-in customers. Um, I forgot what percentage of Americans have an Amazon Prime account, but I do. Yeah, so yeah. do I. So do I. So it's, it's. Uh, I'm sure most of the people listening do. I think it's something like fifty to sixty percent of the United States. Yeah. So that's a great place to sell. You can sell almost anything you can think of, even unique stuff that you might want to sell on Etsy. You can also a lot of people sell on Etsy and Amazon. The only problem with Amazon is that their fees are high. They don't have fees for just uh, having things placed on their website to sell unless you actually have them do fulfillment for you, which yeah. is you send all of your products to a warehouse, you itemize them by uh, in a numerical way, and then they ship out your items for you and they automatically update your quantities. Um, that's, that's very, very intricate. Um, some people like that because it, it helps their operation. Yeah, if you, have, if you have the volume then that's great. Mm-hmm. If you don't, that's a very expensive way to go. Yeah. So like if you, if you go on Amazon right now, you'll find probably a couple dozen of our tribal maps. No, yeah. not all of them, but, but you'll find a lot of our maps that are the most popular ones we sell. Yeah. And we sell them for about the same price we do on our website. Um, 
again, they do take a bigger fee, but we're not having to, we're able to branch out and get more revenue per year because we're on an independent site with a whole bunch of customers. Oh yeah. Cause they're already there. Yeah. And a lot of people that would never find our website for one reason or another, they're not Googling the term. Uh, there are people that are loyal customers just to Amazon. So they might, you know, when they think of buying a native American map for their school or a flag or something like that, they might think I'm going to jump on Amazon. And so we get a lot of customers from Amazon that we would never get organically on our own website. Yeah. Well, one, so, thing, one thing that I do with Amazon, if, if I need something quickly, um, so for example, like at the farmer's market, if I forgot to order like quail egg cartons, uh, I can, I go on Amazon because I can get it really fast. And a lot of times after I'm there, I'm already spending some money. So I'm looking at other things I need to get it all in one shipping thing, you know, trying to, trying to take advantage of the free shipping that comes with being a prime member. Yeah. And you know, free is a, an interesting term because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost everything on Amazon that has free shipping under prime costs more than if you actually went to your local Walmart to buy it, but you don't have to leave your home. You know, it's easy. So we've talked about the different styles of websites that you can have. Um, another option that you can use is social media. Social media is one of those things. Like if you, if you're not ready to spend all the extra money and doing the website, um, social media is the way to go. And honestly, you should have social media regardless, uh, for your business to have, like you have your personal page, but also to have a business page that you're posting on regularly. Cause that's, again, that's a built-in audience and that doesn't cost you any money to do that. Yeah. And in your bio on Facebook or Instagram, it'll give an option to put your website too. Yeah. And I think on both of those, uh, it's clickable. So you can just link, it loops people back to your website. So yeah. let's say you post a picture of something you sell. A lot of people on Facebook naturally know, okay, I'm just looking at a picture of a map. Yeah. There's no, let's say I don't put the link to our website in a post. They can still scroll all the way to the top of my Facebook page and boom, click on the link to go to the website. Yeah. So Well, and how um, with, with creating a page for your business on social media, um, especially like on Facebook, on the top right hand side, you have a button that's there that you can make it be whatever you want it to be. You can make it where they click it and it calls you, click it, it sends you a message. Uh, you can have a shop button that goes directly to your online store. There's just, there's a lot of options that way. So even if you have a website, you still need to have the social media side of things as well and tie those things together. Be aware that in the last few years, Facebook has really limited the amount of people that can see your posts. And especially if you have a business page, it doesn't cost any money to have a Facebook business page versus it. your personal page, but they really push heavy on the uh, promotion, paying for Boosting uh, advertising. And yeah. yeah, and the problem with that is mo for most businesses, it doesn't really uh, pay to spend money on advertising because they, they give you the choice to tailor who gets to see an advertisement but, um, you know, you might get one to 3000 people that get to see whatever post that is. You might have 10 people engage with it, like it, but that might cost you a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. So it depends what you're selling. If you're selling products to, um, high end people with a lot of money and their high end products, you're still going to have a real difficult time even getting one or two sales out of just a running ad True. from your page. Um, but if you narrow it down enough, there are some, cause like, for example, uh, a lawn care service, 
Mm-hmm. You know, if they're in our town, they can go and just have it go out to people that are in our town only. Um, I have friends that are in that industry and they do that a lot. It's people that used to use like Google AdWords. Mm-hmm. Um, they would do that same thing. But now with Facebook, that works great for them for a local setting. If they were trying to do something like like nationwide or something like that, that's completely different and much harder to get it in front of those people that would actually be interested in it. You're right. The way I use Facebook and Instagram now is less as a selling platform and more as a networking platform. Yeah. So a lot of people that are my customers, they then become friends with me or they, uh, they add a subscribers on my business page yeah. on Facebook, but that's not the primary way. I, I would say about 50% of my business and sales used to be from Facebook. Yep. And I would say less than 1% now is from Facebook. But I do get people reaching out randomly and, and message, messaging me and saying, hey, I saw that post you did six months ago of a map I really want really to buy. And I just got reminded of it as I was scrolling on your page. Yeah. And send me a PayPal invoice or tell me how, send me the direct link to buy this off of your website. So it is, you know, and if you keep up with conversations with people and um, just be genuine, you know, and uh, reach out and say like, Hey, I knew, I know you were waiting for me to make this product. Now I have it available. Um, or just regularly posting helps to drive traffic to your website. But also keep in mind, if you put your actual website in a post or, or use terms like sell or put any dollar amount, your, the amount of people that can see that post is going to be severely limited. Oh yeah. Especially even if you put a link on there, especially the yeah. same thing. Yeah. So I find it more effective if you're going to be on Facebook to just post a few pictures of a product Yeah, and then it creates interest and a lot more people will see it because there's no wording that's driving the algorithm down. So a lot of people, you know, maybe a hundred or 200 people will see it, like it. And five or 10 people might say, how do I get that? Yeah. You know, and that's when I can, you know, independently message them. You're piquing their interest. Yeah. Yeah. And Instagram, uh, I just want to talk about Instagram real quick too. Yeah. I probably get more business from Instagram than Facebook. You can create Instagram stories for free, which automatically transfers to your stories on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so when I post a story, you know, generally 200 to 250 people see it and, um, you can post as many running stories as you want all day long. Really. You just have to be, you can build it and, uh, make it look snazzy it does create a lot of conversation. Yeah. So we've talked about the different platforms uh, and stuff that you can use for a website and like in place of a website or use it in tandem with a website. Right. Regardless of which method that you go with, the one thing that you always have to do is regular updates. You can't not do anything. Cause if you, if you spent all this time building your website, building your social media, doing all this stuff, and then you don't do anything with it, Google will look at it as this account is not an active account. And you will get farther and farther down on the search engine. But if you are changing stuff, like with us on the travelnationsmaps.com website, we make changes almost every day on that website. And it's either because of a sale that we have going on or say we've made an update to a map so the image has changed or adding a new product. We are very regularly doing stuff to the website to constantly make it an active site. So then Google will automatically find that and push it higher. Uh, your social media is the same because if you have followers on any of your social media stuff and you're not regularly posting stuff, people are going to stop following you because they're just going to get bored with what you're doing. 
Yeah, and, and naturally the algorithm drives you further and further away. Yeah. So if you're posting stuff regularly and they pop on to see what you're doing, you know, once a month or once a week versus you haven't posted in a year, you're just not going to show up the next time you start posting again. It's going to take a long time before you go. They find you on their feed. And already on Facebook, at least only 6% of, of your followers actually see a post, even if you regularly uh, are posting. Yeah. So imagine if you're not posting at all or do it once a year. Oh yeah. You're going to get only a couple people seeing what you're doing. So yeah, all, and, of, and all of it has, and we're talking to ourselves too, because one right. thing that you and I are not great at is we are good at staying on top of the website, mm-hmm. but when it comes to social media stuff, we're not the best at social media. Yeah. It helps if you have um, anything to do with your website or maintaining it. It really helps to have like a, a whiteboard wherever your computer or your offer it, office is to have a whiteboard up there with a daily reminder of what you want to do every day to engage with your customers. Yeah. I have one. I just don't always look at it. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, well, one thing that you can do too, that is, I love this option. You can actually go in say once a month, say, I want, um, I want to post something, uh, five times a week and I want to do it during the weekdays at this time every day. Instead of setting a daily reminder, you can have one day a month that you build every single ad or post that you want to do, have it all set up and it automatically puts those things out for you. So it's not like an everyday thing. Like you've got to think, okay, what am I going to do now? You just make a list of different ideas that you have, get them all done in one shot, and then you can leave it alone for another two, three weeks or whatever, however many ads you made or posts that you made. So you're, so they're automatic. They, yeah. they go out every couple days or whatever you set it to. That's yeah. great. And you also have to keep in mind, you have to set aside that time once a month to really kind of religiously follow that, that method yeah. in order to keep it consistent. So everyone in the world who is successful probably fails at this sometimes, I oh, would think. For sure. But th- we really wanted to kind of give a synopsis of what it is to go from your website idea all the way to um, how do you actually pay for that website uh, domain, register it. How do you build your website? What companies to use? Um, and this all sounds like very complicated probably to a lot of people and, and it can be, but I mean, how, how long would a lot of this take, John, if you really like sat down in one day, you could knock out most of this in one day. Oh, absolutely. I think like for our startup stable success podcast, I mean, I've done a lot of these, but I did that through Weebly Um, and I got it live within a couple hours because it's a basic splash page. You know, it's not, uh, it's one of those things that you get it started. Like even if you want to test the waters with Weebly before you buy your domain, you can go on Weebly and you can build an entire website by their drag and drop options. They have a lot of stuff like tutorials on there as well. Um, but just playing around with it, seeing what you can do, what you can move around, what you can't move around. Um, just it gives you a feel for it and it also gives you the option to see what it would look like on a computer versus what it would look like on like a cell phone or something. That's the way to go. But the thing that I want to end all of this with is the one thing that I think a lot of people miss out on, but we've got this on every single one of our websites. We have it to where people can sign up for a newsletter. Mm, yes. For a business owner, if you you are losing money, if you do not have a way to collect email addresses, there are so many sales that we get through email addresses. Cause when you get that, that's just gold coming to you. I mean, you take that, 
you've got this, you can email people out and like people can opt out like if they don't want to get it. But if people sign up for our newsletter, every time we have a sale or anything going on, we send out all of these emails to these people and then they look through and we get sales off of that. Like that is, even if you just have a splash page saying your website is coming, throw on where people can sign up for your newsletter. Yeah, it's usually called a contact form. Yeah. Or there's a special uh, ad function that you have in Weebly in the left-hand column. It's one of the options for, uh, under ads, I think, or I forgot which one it is, but um, it, it asks you uh, every time someone goes to your website, what pop-up do you want to happen or do you want to pop-up at all? So it's kind of annoying sometimes for some customers, but when someone goes to our website, immediately there's a pop-up that says, uh, thank you for visiting our site in exchange for your email. If you would like to follow what we do, um, we would like to give you a free resource. Yeah. So um, immediately when they sign up, usually within 24 hours, I email them a, uh, a nice uh, either a lesson plan or a resource list of uh, curated products that I've come across over the years. And um, people are thankful for that. They're getting something in exchange for giving up some of their uh, private information. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we can use that email later to send them out a cell or introduce them to a new map we have. Hopefully this episode has made it easy for you guys uh, as you're starting this process uh, to figure out what option would work best for you guys. But we're out of here. Thank you so much for listening to Startup Stable Success. If you have any questions or maybe an idea for a future episode, or maybe you want to sponsor an episode, please hit us up at startupstablesuccess at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.